So hello and welcome to Finding Your North Star, the HGKC podcast series where we talk to prominent business people about their experiences and challenges of innovation. I'm Peter Quintana and I'm delighted that for our very first podcast, I'll be speaking to Pia Gonzalez Nazarino, CEO and Managing Partner of Ideas and Action. Welcome, Pia. Hello, Peter. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So to begin, for our listeners, would you give a brief summary of what Ideas in Action does, please? Sure. Um, Ideas in Action is a marketing and business development consultancy specializing in financial services. So we work with um, asset managers, market infrastructures, global and regional bank, and um, fintech firms. And we support them throughout their client engagement journey. This means we have three buckets of services that we offer them. One is primary and secondary market research and client insights, second, um, strategy and proposition development, and third, content strategy development and deployment. And our purpose really is to help our clients build valuable long-term um, and uh, client relationships. Um, and we aim to deliver actionable ideas that deliver results. Excellent, thank you. So we met at the UK Business Awards uh, a few months ago when you were shortlisted in the SME customer focus category. When we talk to our clients about awards, we always say that they should target shortlisting because that way they get all the benefits of the PR and can enjoy the awards dinner without getting too stressed. Is that the case for you or were you in it to win it? Well, of course, we wanted to do well, but it's really the first program that we applied to, and we had applied to two categories, so the SME customer focus and um, the B2B professional services category. So we decided to take it one step at a time. So just like a competitive rowing crew that really focuses on getting that first stroke strong and true, we said we'll focus first on pulling together a strong written submission for, um, with the intent of getting shortlisted. And then when we get shortlisted, if we get shortlisted, we'll think about the next step at that point. And so we, we actually really believe that there was value in just even getting to the shortlist. So once we got in, <laughs> we did two things. Once we focused on preparing for the final pitch, obviously, and we also, as you said, maximized the value of getting shortlisted by amplifying and um, speaking to our clients about um, the, that, that step of success. And so... We were really delighted and it actually gave us a lot of confidence. So following the having made it to um, silver in both categories, it gave us confidence to apply to other awards programs as well. And since then, we've been named one of the Financial Times 1000 fastest growing companies in Europe. We are number 57 in Europe and we were number one in sales and marketing in the UK. So just good recognition for the work that we've been doing. And the UK Business Awards program um, was really motivating and gave us um, confidence to put ourselves forward um, a little bit more assertively in other programs as well. Good. Sounds good. So, so UKBA, UKBA um, seems a little different from the <clears throat> excuse me, other award programs that I've, I've been involved with because it requires a written submission and then a presentation to the judging panel. That seems to me to add an additional level of level of rigor, not to mention work for the applicant to the to the whole process. So, how how was the experience? Would you say generally for you and your team in sort of building up to the awards dinner, the awards dinner itself? 
Yeah, it was um, well, one of the things that we do is we help our clients refine messaging for their own awards pitches. And we try to keep them to a singular strong message and um, that meets the requirements of whatever their awards program um, that they're applying to is. But when it was our own story, it was nerve wracking and quite exciting, but also nerve wracking. And I agree with you, the process is very rigorous. It um, actually enabled us to really think about um, think about our business methodology, our business structure, and our strategy in a very um, structured manner. Um, and it was also really good for, for us, for the entire team, because we were able to ensure that the entire team was involved. Um, we have a team with a, we have a diverse team with very different points of view, and we involved them in the entire process. Um, we involved them in kind of the, the preparation for the, for the actual pitch, getting them to ask us the different questions because they had different points of view. Um, and that helped us really prepare for the different questions that the judges might have asked us. And I guess, I guess um, just as an anecdote, um, part of the preparation was also thinking about plan B. Um, what if the technology doesn't work in the worst case scenario? And <laughs> lo and behold, the technology didn't work. But because we had prepared, we were able to kind of, we had, a, we had backups, we had the printouts, we had um, the, our own speakers and our, our uh, video on our laptops. So we were able to carry on with the presentation. Overall, it was really exciting and rewarding for the team. And at the awards dinner, we were also able to invite some of our partners, our network partners to join us. And so it was a, a really good experience overall. Good, good. I mean, from the, from the judging panel perspective, the, the, the uh, technology failure, I think you coped with quite, quite smoothly. <laughs> from our side. I, I see the awards, uh, well, both awards from UKDA and the other one is, is prominently placed on your website. What, what value do you think Ideas in Action has gained from being shortlisted? And do you think you'd enter again? Yeah, I think there's, um, the value is twofold. Externally, it helps further reinforce our credibility. And it's something that as a small business, we really could benefit from. Um, it's external validation. So while we may have a credibility from ex among the clients that already know us and do work with us, the external validation point is really useful. And it serves as extra, another, an additional proof point when you're having sales conversations. And internally, it was incredibly motivating for the team to have their work validated by um, a recognized and objective third party. Um, would we consider entering again? Yes, definitely, but not just for the sake of entering. So we want to make sure that we have progressed sufficiently from last year and that we have a new story and in another interesting angle to tell so that, you know, the judges don't get bored of us. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine that happening. Um, so this podcast series, as, as uh, we discussed the other day when we were preparing for it, is about innovation. And, yes. and in your UKBA submission, you write that you recognised early on the importance of your team's experience, expertise, work ethic, and so on. And as a result, took a creative uh, and unique position compared to other agencies in developing your, developing your team. So could you enlarge on how you went about that, please? Yes. Um, we define ourselves as part of two industries, marketing and research and financial services. And so when we... Um, started to build our team, we really sought people who had depth of expertise in both areas. And it isn't easy to find people who are um, both expert in marketing and communications and have 
the, a very strong technical understanding of financial services across the different areas of FS that we operate in. And then we added a, an additional layer of complexity because we wanted people who were passionate, even, even geeky, <laughs> about um, both marketing and financial services. Um, addition, in addition to that, we were also seeking um, a team that had a diversity of thought. So it, we wanted people from different backgrounds who would bring different experiences to the table because it, we believe that having different backgrounds um, enables us to bring, come up with new ideas, different points of view for the different clients that we work with. Um, aside from building the core team, we also work with a network of partners in what we like to call our assemb um, a vendors assemble model <laughs> because we are able to bring in the best in the industry at the for every initiative. So depending on the client need, we're able to bring in um, people with the most current knowledge and the most current expertise so that the client benefits from that without the, without the overheads of having everybody on the team at all times. So that's kind of the way that we've, we've built the team and that's the way we're beginning to, we're, we're continuing to scale the business as well. Okay, so we, we, um, we strongly believe collaboration and open innovation plays a key role in becoming innovation led. So how do you go about seeking out your potential partners? Do you have in mind from the outset, the potential for joint development of new innovative approaches and potentially even the sharing of, of IP? Um, in seeking out potential partners, we, we really look for two things. One is we, we seek expertise um, that we don't have ourselves, or to your point, IP that we don't have ourselves. But yeah. also we, we seek a certain attitude or a certain way of working that we feel will really work with our clients, that our clients really need. Um, there are a lot of um, people in the industry with different points of view and different um, expertise or technology. And we're always open to um, we're coming to the table and sharing. We believe that if we put the client at the center or the client need at the center of, um, of the challenge, what is it that the client needs to, to achieve? And we bring people in who have the same attitude to collaboration as we do and, we are, and have the same attitude of putting the client need first, then it, it really works because everybody has a very clear contribution to to solving the, 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 the challenge. Um, and so we have been quite successful in doing that. We, we work with a number of partners um, already and we continue to expand that network. And I think the point you just made about uh, finding people who share your approach and your attitude, <clears throat> but can, can complement the, the service that, that you offer is absolutely key to, to partnership and collaboration, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. It's really that um, if you're sharing the same um, core values, and I know it sounds cheesy, but if you do share the same core values of putting the client first, being respectful to other people on the team, and having that point of view that no idea is a bad idea, <laughs> yeah. um, then it, it actually works wonders. It, it comes up, you, you end up coming up with solutions that are quite um, different and quite interesting. And of course, sometimes some of, the, some of the ideas can be very, very big. You also need to be able to take a step back and say, okay, now this is a great big idea. 
how do we now make this realistic and implementable and um, something that actually we can pilot and bring to market rather quickly. Yeah, because innovation is actually the, the act of, of, of bringing ideas to fruition, isn't it? The, the actual exploitation of new ideas, not the coming up of the ideas itself. I, I want to talk to you about ideas a, a little later on in this conversation. But before then, um, you've also developed a proprietary methodology, haven't you? Could you talk a bit more about how that's helped you to differentiate yourself uh, against your, competi your, your competitors? I, 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 I could imagine that this is a pretty competitive marketplace that you're in. Yes, it, it is highly competitive. Um, and I think there, well, there are two um, areas where we've developed proprietary methodology. One is in proposition development. Um, we've um, set up a methodology that enables us to very quickly come to grasp with the clients, our clients' challenges, but also beyond that, understand their own clients' needs and opportunities and understand the, con the, the context that they operate in. The methodology that we use is standard, but it's customized to every client needs. So it enables, it's like baking, it's like baking a cake, I suppose, where the, the, the process that you use is always um, the same, but if you put different ingredients in, the cake that comes out will be different. Yeah. And so it enables us to scale um, in a way that there is, there is standardization um, and you're able to scale quickly, but there is enough custom, room for customization so that every client actually receives a very tailored solution to their unique um, challenge. So that's one proprietary methodology we developed. The other one is really around metrics. Our in the in the industry that we operate, the long the the sales process is very very long and very complex, and there are multiple touch points. Some of their sales can take up to eighteen months. Our client sales, and so there's no single activity that can be credited with the sale. But our clients are numbers people, and they need a number to determine what is successful. And so we developed an index, which is kind of something that financial services um, professionals will be able to relate to as well. But we developed an index, which is a basket of elements that we weight according to a firm's objectives. So we agreed this upfront. We create the index in collaboration with a client. Um, we tweak, we innovate with the client on what goes into this index. And then we use that index to measure the success or the impact of each of the elements of their campaigns. So it is a proxy, it is not ROI, but it has enabled us to be able to speak to clients about what, how we can measure um, success of programs. And that has really um, been helpful in a lot of our client conversations. Interesting, really interesting. So one of the documents you submitted in support of your UKBA submission was your paper on content marketing, the content marketing conundrum. Yes. I, have, so I haven't read all of it, but I've read some of it. And, and what I've read is really, uh, really interesting, I think. I think we both agree that innovation isn't just about technology, but it's about everything that a business does. And it strikes yeah. me that this research-led approach of yours to how best you can serve your clients is in itself highly innovative. Now, I know content marketing strategy is just one of the services you offer. How have you innovated to support your other services? I think, first of all, I really agree with you that when people hear the word innovation, they automatically think technology. Mm. But technology is really, in my, in my mind, it really is more an enabler. It is a tool to get, um, to implement the innovation, to 
to implement the innovative thinking. Um, and every innovation really needs to start with um, what, the client what the client challenge is. We've taken that a step further. So instead of just thinking about what our clients need, we, our approach to the innovation actually starts with our clients' clients. And so we go out on a regular basis and speak to our clients' clients, understand what their challenges are and what their um, opportunities or what they need to achieve um, would be. And then we start our innovative process or process of innovation from that point of view. So we're going back kind of a couple of steps. Um, and from that point, it enables us to develop uh, to be able to speak with our clients from their clients' standpoint. Does it make sense? So we, 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 yeah. we, we represent their clients to our own clients. So that, 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 that's that, a really interesting approach here. I, re I really like that. So I, I was reading a paper recently um, on the unintended consequences of, of innovation. So where, where a company goes through a whole, whole load of, uh, of work to develop a new innovation and then starts to get complaints from their Clients, I think by by going to your clients' clients, you're helping your clients be innovative without coming up against those unintended consequences, aren't you? Yes, and, and, and it uh, it helps us um, help our clients um, think of innovation as a solution to their clients' problems, and not it's not just innovation for the sake of innovation, because yeah. there is because it's such a buzzword and it is really in vogue at the moment to say that you're innovative. There is a temptation to just innovate for, for the sake of innovation, but that's really pointless and it's a waste of resources. And as you, as you say, it could actually be value destroying if the innovation is not really, um, if, the, if it doesn't come from the right place. And so by starting off with their clients' challenges and their clients' opportunities, opportunities it enables us to really think about what innovation is going to make an impact um, on their clients and therefore be something that is commercially viable for them. Okay, interesting. So we, we know from our research and our experience with our clients that coming up with a regular stream of good ideas to keep taking the firm forwards can be a real challenge. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes yeah. employees can be feel almost threatened by the, the idea that they've got to keep coming up with new ideas. How, how do you do that at Ideas in Action? Because there's a lot of stuff going on within the firm that's moving it forward all the time. And I get the impression you're constantly thinking about how you can do something different for your clients and, and indeed your clients' clients, as you just say. But how do you encourage the team around you to be to come forward with those ideas? I think... Um there can be a there can be a temptation to think of innovation as a project as a separate thing and therefore there could be with with that comes a lot of pressure to become innovative or come up with a big innovative idea and a lot of energy can be wasted trying to do that at ideas in action what we do is we really we don't think of innovation as a separate thing it is just part of our day to day because we already are starting off with a good base of a team with really curious minds, um, that a, a team that is really committed to trying to think of better ways of doing things every day, and these better ways of doing things can be really, really simple things, um, really small things. The innovation just comes naturally. It isn't this big, oh, let's come together and think of, about what we have to innovate on. It's just every day having that culture of, 
no idea is stupid, no question is too, 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 too basic to ask. And having an, uh, the internal culture of treating every comment and random suggestion, even when the team is just um, joking around a little, as a jumping point for, oh, can that be done better? Or how, talk to me a little bit more about that. And so it's just that everyday embedding it in the culture. And it's not a, it's not a big thing. It's just something that you do on a day-to-day -day basis. And then when you have an idea, you, there is an opportunity to really enable your team to think big. So there are no, no ideas that are too big. Get, go as crazy and as wild as you want. And then once you say, oh, that's great, then we start thinking about, okay, so if this is, we have this great big idea and we then talk to our clients, we continuously talk to our network, we continuously talk to their clients, see which big ideas seem to have legs. Then we think about, okay, now let's make this realistic. How do we take this big idea to market? Maybe it needs to be watered down a little bit. Maybe it needs, needs to go into a, a pilot. But then you take the big idea, don't kill it, but make it more realistic and more manageable. So take something to market quickly, test it, speak to clients, and then go back. <laughs> yeah, fail, fail fast almost and, and uh, fail fast so that you can get on with the next one or refine or pivot yes. that you've got. Yeah, it's, it, sounds like, uh, it sounds like the whole concept of innovation is part of your DNA really, doesn't it? Yeah, I yes, I think it's really something that as a, as a small team with um, and as a small team that talks and to clients all the time, it is just imperative. It's just an imperative for us to constantly think of ways of doing how we can do things better. And so it just becomes almost second nature um, to just constantly innovate without actually thinking about are we innovating? <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, becomes part yeah. of the DNA, as you say. Becomes, it becomes a pressure, I think, if you're doing that. Well, yes. that, that, that seems to be um, a good place in which to end this conversation. It uh, remains for me to thank you, Pia, for joining us. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you, and I wish you uh, real success in or continued success even in, in the future. Thank you too, Peter. Yeah, it's a, a pleasure. If you'd like to find out more about how we approach innovation, you can download our white paper, which is called Finding Your North Star, from our website, www.hgkc.co.uk. Thank you for listening and goodbye.